From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. The November election is about a month away. For Portlanders, one of the most important issues on the ballot is the runoff election for city council seat number four. That is the seat currently held by Commissioner Chloe Udaley. Udaley failed to get 50% of the vote plus one in the competitive May primary, and she's in a runoff with top challenger Mingus Maps. In this episode of Straight Talk, we hear from both Udaley and Maps on why each thinks they're the best choice to represent the people of Portland. And a note, we gave the candidates a choice of debating each other, appearing here at the same time, or appearing in separate segments. Mingus Maps wanted to debate. Commissioner Udaley preferred to appear separately, so that's what we're doing. And we'll start our first segment with the challenger. Mingus Maps went to Reed College, the fourth person in his family to do so. He got his Ph.D. in political science at Cornell and was assistant professor at Brandeis University and Bowdoin College. He was also a postdoctoral research fellow at Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government. He came back to Portland nine years ago and taught at PSU. Maps also worked for the city of Portland, helping to manage the city's neighborhood association and the crime prevention program. He's a single dad raising two boys, Langston and Coltrane, ages 10 and 11. Welcome to my guest, Portland City Council candidate, Mingus Maps. Welcome to Straight Talk. It's great to have you here. Oh, thanks, Laurel. I'm so happy to be on Straight Talk. You're running against the incumbent, Commissioner Chloe Udaley. And in about a minute or so, give us the top two reasons you think Portland voters should choose you over the incumbent. Oh, um, there's so many reasons why I, I think I'm the right candidate for this race. Uh, most important, I think I have the vision and background to get the city back on track. I think we all know that this is one of those challenging times Portland has faced in nearly 100 years. Um, I would say our problems stem from both uh, leadership and policies. Um, I think it's time for fresh leadership in city council. Um, I one of the reasons we got in this ditch is we have a council that can't work together um, and has consistently been um, resistance to looking at evidence as we uh, try to figure out how do we move the city forward. And uh, in addition to that, I think we have to take a look at a new set of policies. Um, um, you know, I want to uh, conquer COVID. Uh, we got to be strong on civil rights. I have a real skin in the game on that. Uh, police reform is deeply important to me. Uh, homelessness, affordable housing. And I also think it's time to fundamentally change uh, the way we organize City Hall. I wanted to add more city, more seats to City Council. And I'd also like to change we, the way we fill those seats. And finally, I think it's time that we abandoned our commission form of government and modernized City Hall uh, so we can be prepared for the challenges of the 21st century. Well, let's dig into a few of those topics. One of the criticisms that your opponent has about you is that you were endorsed by the Portland Police Association. So let's talk about that. It's the union that represent the bureau's rank and file sure. employees. Now, some may find it surprising that you accepted the union's endorsement, as well as a $15,000 in-kind contribution for a campaign mailer during the primary. Your opponent, on the other hand, has taken a pledge not to accept any money from police. Will you explain why you accepted the endorsement and the contribution? Sure. Well, I think it's important to note that the um, the police union endorsed me. I didn't necessarily endorse them, uh, you know, and I think that they endorsed me for the same reason that Commissioner Udaley hired me to run uh, the city's or help run the city's crime prevention program. I'm well known um, in the 
public safety community here in Portland. I was an innovator in keeping uh, community policing alive in East Portland. And I've brought uh, crime safety programs to every corner of the city. Uh, we've made the city safer. If you've ever worked with me, you know I'm a smart, constructive guy um, who is in this to make the city better. And uh, that's what I hope to do when I'm in City Hall. Advocates for police reform say the union has been an obstacle to police reform. And if elected, what reforms would you push for within the bureau? And since the union has endorsed you, will you be able to effectively push back against any obstacles? Oh, absolutely. Let's take the second piece first. Um, I cannot be bought. Uh, um, by this, you know, I'm an African-American. I'm the only person in this race who knows what it's like to be a black man raising black children in Portland. I know what it's like to be pulled over by cops and not sure how things are going to uh, turn out. Um, I know what it's like to feel fear as you send your kids outside, hoping both that nothing bad happens to them and also hoping that they can uh, rely on the police department if something bad does happen. Uh, um, so those are uh, um, important concerns. Um, I believe that we need to reinvent policing from the top to bottom here. Um, I have and will push the police union to make changes. A good example of a change that I'll push for, um, and I think I've already made progress on getting the police department to think differently on, is um, the use of police to be our first responders on mental health issues. Something like 49% of our 911 calls um, basically are about sending out a cop to respond to some houseless person who's having a mental health crisis in a public space. I think that's bad public service. Uh, um, we need to get out of that business and sending, instead of sending a cop, we should send out a mental health uh, worker. Our um, street response pilot program, which we're working on out in Lentz, is a good alternative model. Um, I'm going to push to expand that uh, program citywide. I'll tell you the truth, the police department did not like that at first, um, but they've moved a little bit on that issue to at least support the um, the Lentz uh, um, experiment. Um, and then when I'm on council, I'll push them to uh, go even further so we can expand that citywide. And if we do that, we can literally reduce uh, the number of times the cops have to respond to 911 calls by 50%. And we get the city out of the business of um, basically policing mental illness. There's better ways to do it. And I think if we come together um, as a community, uh, labor and management, we can get things like that well, done. Let me ask you, we're going into our fifth month of protests. Many times they are, are violent. Uh, we've seen a lot of unrest. Are we on the right path to reform? What is your take on the protests? Oh my gosh, well, the protests are complex. Uh, I think we need to separate the protesters from the people who uh, uh, commit violence. Um, to everyone out there protesting, I want to say thank you. As an African-American dad, I really need you out there demanding uh, um, and fighting for civil rights. Uh, we're out there when we can uh, with you, and certainly we're with you in our hearts every day. Um, on the other hand, if you are um, an individual out there committing violence, I know it's eager. I understand the anger and the frustration that you feel. But listen, you don't help the cause of liberating people who look like me and families like mine uh, by throwing a brick or uh, 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 engaging in graffiti. Um, that's the exact opposite of what I hope you do. And this applies not only to individuals, it also applies to institutions. Um, so I want to get uh, I want to ask our police department to also stand down. Um, it's time to get rubber bullets, tear gas, and choke holds out of the repertoire of tools that the police use. 
Let me ask you about uh, another subject. Chloe, Chloe Daly is known for being a champion of renters' rights, and she's criticizing you for being supported by a landlord's lobby. What do you tell the nearly 50% of Portlanders who rent what a vote for you would mean? Why should they vote for you rather than the incumbent? Sure. I mean, first, I'd like to point out that our campaign has gotten support from literally, I think, thousands of people. Uh, I'm a little bit of an historian, and I, as you said, I'm a political scientist by training, and I suspect there are only about three other candidates in all of Portland history who have a broader base of support than we do. Last time I checked, about 1,900 individuals contributed to our campaign. No one's given us more than 250 bucks. Uh, um, um, the larger issue that you point to, renter protections, is incredibly important to me. Um, I'm joining council in order to help develop the next generation of rental protections and protections for people who are um, housing vulnerable. Uh, so one of the things I'm going to do when I'm on council is to strengthen renter protections. I want to make sure that no one gets bullied out of their house by a bad landlord. I also want to make sure that we take um, as many COVID relief dollars that we have, uh, possibly have, and uh, put it into a fund to support emergency rental assistance. And then I want to work with the city um, and the rest of our community to bring more affordable housing to Portland. Um, that's our core problem. We're short about 29,000 uh, affordable housing units in the city, and we got to work together to get some of those built. I mentioned at the top of the show in your bio that you help manage the city's neighborhood associations in the city's Office of Community and Civic Life, a bureau overseen by Commissioner Udaley. You were fired after six months. What, what happened? Mm -hmm. Sure. I was ordered by uh, management to um, discipline an employee who did absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, I refused to do it, and I was fired myself 10 days later. You might ask, why would uh, Chloe's management team order me to uh, fire or uh, discipline someone who hadn't done anything wrong? Uh, it was literally retribution. Uh, Udaley's regime pretty much has friends and enemies, and that's true. Uh, throughout her organization. The other piece of it is by um, getting me to do something illegal, uh, it both would prove my loyalty to the Udaley regime and it would breach the relationship between me and the employees over at Civic Life. That's not the kind of public servant I am. I refuse to do it. And uh, 10 days later, I was out on my butt. Let's talk about homelessness. Everywhere you look in Portland, it seems there are tents, and you've said addressing homelessness is one of your top priorities. If elected, what's the first thing you would propose the council do to reduce the number of people living unsheltered on the streets? Oh, gosh, uh, this is a, such a crucial uh, question, and it continues to evolve and become more important. I'm deeply concerned about the COVID crisis and how it intersects with houselessness. I think we need to get people inside and sheltered in a safe way uh, this winter. Um, both that will help uh, keep people healthy and safe. It will also help open up our, our uh, downtown and other uh, business districts. The other thing that I think is important is that we um, do everything that we can to prevent more people from falling into houselessness. That's why I want I want to dramatically increase the amount of funds we put into emergency rental assistance. And then when I'm on council, I'm going to challenge the city to help me meet this goal. Let's end chronic homelessness in Portland. You know, there are only about 4,000 Portlanders who sleep on the street every night, uh, 365 days a year. There's a reason those folks are on the street. Many of them suffer from mental illness, drug addiction, or disability. Now, if we provided some very affordable housing and connect it with uh, mental health services and other health services, we could bring our most vulnerable Portlanders inside, 
end street camping and uh, uh, and begin the business of um, having the kind of city that we uh, um, all hope that we have. And let me tell you, I don't think this is a matter of new resources. I think it's a matter of focus. Over the last several years, Portlanders have dedicated nearly half a billion dollars to bring new affordable housing to the city. All I'm saying is let's set aside 4,000 of those units and finally end the scourge of street camping. We only have about 45 seconds left, but I want to give you the time to have a final message for voters. Oh, I want to uh, encourage everyone to pay attention to this race. It's incredibly important. Um, if you think about the challenges that we face from COVID to homelessness to climate change, all of those come down to what happens in City Hall. Um, I encourage you to embrace a leader uh, who is a bridge builder, who is a good city administrator, and who knows how to listen to people. Uh, I will point out that um, um, I'm a bridge builder. That's why more than 150 uh, individuals and groups have, have endorsed us. I have served uh, the people of Portland with honor and dignity. And um, I'm a great listener and a good uh, and, a, and a lifelong learner. On the other hand, if you've ever had a meeting with Chloe Daly, I'll tell you, you probably came away thinking, I was not heard. And that's not how Portland works. And if you'd like to learn more about my campaign, I encourage you to visit our website, mengusmaps.com. There it is. There's a lot more to learn about the issues. MingusMaps.com. My thanks to candidate Mingus Maps. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Stay well, everybody. You too. And coming up next, the incumbent, Commissioner Chloe Daly, joins us to make her case for a second term on the Portland City Council. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. In our first segment, we heard from candidate Mingus Mabs in the runoff race for Portland City Council. Now we hear from the incumbent, Commissioner Chloe Udaly. Udaly is finishing her first term as commissioner after capturing 54% of the vote in November of 2016, beating the sitting commissioner at the time, Steve Novick. The former independent bookstore owner became the first city council candidate to beat an incumbent in more than two decades. She ran on a platform of championing tenants' rights and limiting rent hikes. After failing to win more than 50% of the vote in the May primary this year, she's now in a runoff race with Mingus Maps, who came in second, just ahead of former Portland Mayor Sam Adams. Udaly oversees the Portland Bureau of Transportation, the city's Office of Community and Civic Life, and oversees the city's arts portfolio. Here to tell us why she thinks she deserves a second term, welcome to my guest, Portland City Commissioner Chloe Udaly. Welcome back to Straight Talk. It's nice to have you back. Well, thanks, Laurel. It's always a pleasure to, to be here. In about a minute, tell us what do you think are the two biggest differences between you and the challenger, Mingus Maps, and why voters should give you a second term? Well, uh, although my opponent has been um, trying to more closely align himself with me politically and agreeing with a lot of my policies and positions, I would encourage uh, viewers and voters to take a look at who has endorsed us and who isn't backing our campaigns. Uh, Mingus is backed by the Portland Police Union, our biggest obstacle to police reform, the Portland Business Alliance, who has fought the city on uh, many progressive policy solutions, and the landlord lobby, who not only have actively uh, tried to fight my uh, successful tenant protections, but are currently part of a national lawsuit against the CDC's eviction moratorium. So uh, I think the differences are clear for anyone who wants to take a look. And I'd also add that I have a really 
a strong, strong track record that I'm running on and a solid platform, uh, two things he is also lacking. Many Portlanders have a perception that the current city council has been fractured and ineffective in dealing with a number of issues, including the protests. And I want to ask you about something I'm curious about. When Governor Brown issued a letter denouncing the violence at the Portland protests, and this was in early September, it was signed by 100 elected officials and local leaders, including Mayor Wheeler and Commissioner Fritz. You were not initially one of the signers of that letter. Why not? Laurel, to be honest, uh, that feels like months ago already, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, the volume of work coming towards us right now and the level of responsibility is pretty overwhelming. Um, I certainly also denounce violence, but I always wanna draw a clear distinction between violence against people and vandalism and property destruction. And also when I'm talking about violence, I'm not just talking about violence coming from community members, but violence um, perpetrated by the, by the police, which is what this national uprising is about and is what we need to keep uh, refocusing on as these conversations and protests continue. Well, let me, let me dig into that just a little bit because a, a DHM poll recently showed two thirds of respondents in Portland feel the protests that have become more violent and destructive on almost a nightly basis. We're going into the fifth month have done more harm than good. And you haven't been that vocal condemning the violence. Uh, where do you draw the line on protesters actions? I mean, I have I have repeatedly spoken out against uh, property destruction, as I just said. Uh, it's important to me to make a very clear distinction. I will always depend defend people's people who are exercising their constitutional rights, and the vast majority of people who are protesting are doing so uh, well within their rights. There has been a small contingent of protesters uh, bent on destruction and provoking the police. I've never condoned that behavior. I certainly don't support it. And I agree, I don't find it helpful. Uh, but I would argue that the protests are what led to uh, cutting position authority and budget uh, in, the, in June. And they're also propelling city council elected leaders across the region and the state and community to come together uh, to imagine a new approach to public safety and policing. So um, don't know enough about the methods of the poll or how many people they reached, but what we're hearing, you know, I heard from 75,000 constituents that they want change in our police bureau. We listened to seven hours of testimony almost universally in support of reducing the police budget and coming up with new uh, strategies to address a lot of the social ills that we have left up to police. And I think we have um, how long inappropriately do you, left How long do you think the protest should continue? Is this indefinite? Well, I'm not in charge of the protests. And uh, I don't have an answer for how long they should continue. That's, that's not up to me. These are community members who are exercising their constitutional rights to peacefully assemble and protest their government. Uh, I'm sorry, petition their government. 
And, uh, you know, clearly none of the crowd control methods that the police are using have worked. They have only uh, kind of fanned the flames of this protest. And although the poll you're referring to uh, suggests otherwise, we're hearing from community members, Portland residents across the city who are upset about what they see the police doing in their neighborhoods. Um, so in my opinion, the only way through this is to deliver real transfer transformation to how we do public safety and, and policing in our community. It's such an important conversation and I'd like to continue it. We don't have a lot of time, yeah. so I wanna to get to a couple other topics. And one of your top priorities has been protecting tenants. The governor has just extended the eviction moratorium for renters through the end of the year. And you've criticized your opponent for the support he's received from landlords. But what about landlords who are having to absorb the hit from not getting paid rent for months on end? Are you doing anything to help them? Yes, I mean, from the get-go, I've recognized what a catastrophe this is going to be for not just tenants, but landlords and, and homeowners uh, living in their own homes as well. Uh, we are going to see a wave of evictions and foreclosures, displacement and homelessness if uh, the city, state and federal governments do not uh, rise to the, this occasion and deliver really significant relief. Um, so when I talk about rent and mortgage forgiveness, that necessarily comes along with relief to landlords and lenders. We don't have the resources or really the power locally to ensure that. And we really need our state and federal uh, partners to act. So the moratorium, you know, we are in an unprecedented uh, public health crisis. We can't afford to have thousands of people evicted, pushed out onto the street uh, just for the overall safety of our whole community. But we absolutely can't solve this problem on the backs of landlords. I've never suggested that. I'm, I'm fighting for everyone in this moment because it's clearer now than ever that we really are all, all in the same boat. We might not be in the same class uh, section, but we are all in the same boat. And let me, let me jump in here on another topic. Uh, there have been a lot of concerns and complaints brought to the city ombudsman in the city auditor's office from employees in the Office of Community and Civic Life, a bureau you head up. They date back to last year, but the ombudsman says they have not been resolved. The complaints are wide ranging and reportedly have had serious effects on some employees. To quote the ombudsman, employees expressed being at their wits end, going on medication, experiencing mental and physical health problems, needing to go on leave, hiring lawyers, dreading going to work and looking for other jobs. What's going on there? Why so many complaints in your bureau and why haven't they been resolved? Well, Laurel, I don't think we have enough time for me to really fully uh, address this in this segment. I'm also not at liberty to talk freely about personnel issues. What I can tell you is that if an employee has a complaint, typically they would bring it to their supervisor, their manager, maybe it would escalate to the director. If they're not satisfied, they go to the Bureau of Human Resources. My understanding is some of these employees went to BHR, they were not satisfied with the results because BHR didn't find that their complaints were, found that the complaints were unfounded. 
And then there was an organized effort to kind of bypass that whole protocol and go to the ombudsman, which is extremely unusual and strange given that the ombudsman has no ability to investigate those complaints. So uh, my office did everything to uh, satisfy the ombudsman concerns. I want to note that the issues that she included in that memo are all unsubstantiated complaints. Uh, we're having a independent assessment done of the Bureau and any complaints uh, that we, any anything that we uncover will be sent to BHR, which is the appropriate process. Commissioner, I'm sorry. I, I want to end it by saying, oh. Just okay. a few seconds. We're almost done. Can you do it in 10 seconds? Okay. Well, we want to no. thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Here's the website if you want to learn more about Commissioner Udaley's issues. VoteChloe.com. There's more on the website there. VoteChloe.com. And we thank you for watching and listening. We hope you'll join us next time for Straight Talk. We will have the mayoral debate next week. Have a good week.